a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Counseling on Demand. I'm your host, Fred Riley. Hey, thank you as always for tuning in to today's podcast. Today we're going to be uh, talking about Hurricane Florence. As a matter of fact, uh, the day that we're um, today we're re- we're uh, recording this podcast, and it's the same day that um, Hurricane Florence actually made landfall. So we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. As always, please uh, take a look at my Instagram, and we're going to be doing these. Every Thursday at 8, we're going to be doing these live, uh, Instagram live, I guess, where you can ask questions and I present different topics. And the idea of this live Instagram is is to give you a free opportunity to take notes on some things that maybe you wanted to privately look at and in a safe, private way, ask some questions without having to necessarily go in and, and see a counselor. So that's just a way to kind of reach out. It's a way for you to safely kind of approach some things and see if maybe counseling's for you or um, to see if you're crazy. If you're crazy, um, I'll tell you. And I'll tell my clients that all the time. Hardly ever happens, but great time to kind of vicariously learn, great time to ask questions. So that's every Thursday at 8, uh, Riley Counseling is uh, the Instagram. So let's get back to uh, Hurricane Florence. So Hurricane Florence... um, it seems to me, I don't know about you guys, but it seems to me like hurricanes uh, have been kind of a more commonplace the last year, uh, this time last year as well, and uh, very devastating, especially for those that uh, are right at the epicenter. Um, and then obviously the, the traumatic experience kind of echoes out. And certainly those of you that have been listening to the news and watching uh film, watching videos, you know, nobody really fully escapes the impact, um, although the pa- the impact obviously um, changes based on uh, proximity to the trauma. But what I wanted to talk about today was a couple things to keep in mind um, in terms of what happens in uh, the case of a hurricane from a mental health perspective, and then also uh, talk a little bit about uh, what what maybe you can do and some ideas of things that that out here we might feel a little bit helpless, but some ways to kind of touch base, some ways to kind of support that uh, maybe you haven't thought of. So obviously we want to look for certain people, be very mindful that this in and of itself is a traumatic event. And individuals um, as strong as um, much as they are going to profess to be okay. As a matter of fact, one thing I learned in the emergency room is the patients that had gone through a traumatic event, the ones that claimed to be the most well put together, the ones that were able to tell a story about how the accident or the gunshot wound or whatever, the toughest ones 
um, I would always warn family to watch for them because the next 24 hours is where they're going to fall apart. And so with this hurricane, we're going to have people that have been traumatized um, from mild trauma to to amazing uh, trauma that just uh, is possibly going to last for years. And so we need to be mindful that those people out there, they're going to they're going to need some attention too, um, whether it's a family member you reach out or through those of you that are closer to them. Now, the reality is, like I said, you're going to find that the mental health aspect, especially with those that are uh, considered tougher and well put together, uh, we don't want to lose contact with those folks because they're the ones that after all the support goes, after they've um, saved people from homes, they're the ones that as soon as it gets quiet, they start to fall apart. They really start to feel the impact um, before they were brave and courageous and so forth. The other thing we want to keep in mind um, is that probably about 20 percent, that's just a general number, 20 percent of those that uh, have been impacted today and the next few days by Hurricane uh, Hurricane Florence, uh, they're going to have a previous history of trauma. And, and so there's going to be uh, a few people that have handled trauma in the past really well. But by the time, as a matter of fact, in the military, 80% of those that suffer wartime PTSD, they were actually exposed, 80% of them were exposed to an earlier trauma. So we're going to see some people that uh, we feel are pretty well put together, they're successful, they're, they're coaches at schools, they're teachers, professors, they're police officers, and they're going to be reintroduced, maybe actually for the first time, to this trauma that has happened before. These are people that we're going to look for. If you have um, an uncle, an aunt, you have cousins, you have individuals back uh, around the area where Hurricane Florence is, let's say they have a history of drinking, they have a history of uh, drug use, they have a history of violence. The coping mechanisms for um, natural disasters enhance. They don't change. And as a matter of fact, when we go in after a hurricane, tornado, and we're looking for somebody, we ask questions. And what we what we ask is, was this person a previous drinker? And they'll say, yeah, but he hasn't drank for 20 years. Well, we're going to go, if it's still put together, we're going to go to the nearest tavern because that's where we're going to find them. So the loved ones that you have over there, sometimes it feels like there's a great distance, right? And that you can feel like very helpless there. But getting on the phone, if you're able to do that, if they're able to do that, listening to them, letting them talk tough, but following up with them like the next day or the day after that is going to be absolutely crucial. And then keeping in mind that we're going to start to see family members, um, friends emerge kind of out of the word work that uh, the trauma really sinks in, especially if they've had some type of previous trauma. It doesn't matter what that trauma is. It doesn't have to be sexual necessarily. It could be physical, so on and so forth. It doesn't have to be their second tornado, their second hurricane. It could be any kind of trauma. So those are some things to be aware of in terms, I mean, there's a lot more to be aware of, but those are some things to be mindful of in terms of right now during the hurricane, following the hurricane, and mention just a little bit about um, how we might be affected remotely. As a matter of fact, when I worked in the emergency room, I found that those that were physically further away were more traumatized uh, so let me re- let me explain that. The family members that were physically further away from the epicenter of trauma, 
were more traumatized than those that were, th- were within five or ten minutes. There's something about that distance that makes us feel out of control, makes us feel like we should be there and we're letting people down and so forth. So as far as a, far away as you live from the hurricane, it's still, uh, still going to register with you. And sometimes that distance makes it more difficult for you, especially because you're not there. You don't have that hands-on experience to be able to help out, to see what needs to be done. Your mind is left to kind of figure out what's going on over there, and, and you're involved in seeing images and so forth. But that distance sometimes can impact us uh, quite a bit. So when it comes to hurricanes, there's a couple things to keep in mind. Loved ones, they're going to be tough. Um, they're going to be re-experiencing or experiencing trauma for the first time. And we want to be mindful of those that have previous history of of, uh, maladaptive coping skills because those are likely to kick in. All right, welcome back to Counseling on Demand. I am your host, Fred Riley. So today we're spending some time talking about Hurricane Florence. And and uh, as we're recording today, this is actually the day that Hurricane Florence made landfall. And so what I wanted to talk about was a little bit of the mental health behind, uh, you know, in response to something like a hurricane. And in a previous podcast, uh, I did address this idea of natural disasters and their impact uh, on mental health. But I thought, you know, it'd be a good idea to go back and, and revisit that. When we look at things like hurricanes and what actually happens, as soon as we get a more uh, more clear idea of just the impact, not just all the talk on the news and all the, that type of stuff, but as images come back and so forth, our mind actually has to go through this process of digesting it and, and seeing things in a different way than, than we've ever seen before. And so the next thing I wanted to talk about is is more along the lines of, of what to do. You know, the further away you are, the tougher it can be. And we know that, uh, you know, hurricane response teams are down there. We know that there's going to be a lot of good things happening in terms of neighbors helping neighbors and, and so on and so forth. And that's one of the neat things that does come out of these events is that uh, these are unfortunately the times where people actually really start to band together. So let's talk for a minute about kind of the more remote help that uh, that uh, I think that we need to look at. So you can travel down there. By the time you travel there, no one's going to know that you traveled. Um, they're just going to assume that you showed up from somewhere. So the idea of being there for someone else isn't about look how far I traveled for you. It's about me being there for you and whatever needs you have. And so if you can travel, great. If you can't, that's okay. There's a lot of stories of entrepreneurs and so forth that have the opportunity to break away and go help. But keep in mind that you have to be willing to help in ways that other people need, not what your mind comes up with. So from a mental health standpoint, sometimes it helps. As a matter of fact, I know I talk about the emergency room a lot, but when I worked in the emergency room, it helped me quite a bit to get as involved as I could. The more uh, involved you get, the more, uh, and you, it, it gives you a sense of influence, gives you a sense of effectiveness. 
So the first thing that came to mind for me was those of you that might want to travel. Again, you know, it's not about you. It's not about where you came from and your journey. It's about their experience. It's about what they need. And really, they they don't need to know um, the sacrifices you've made to get there. That's not what's important. What's important is what's going on with them. So supporting and cleanup efforts um, locally, if you're able to get this podcast or if you have family that can talk to family back there, locally, this is a great time to have your eyes and ears open. There's uh, a lot of people that, like I mentioned before, they tend to kind of toughen up. They tend to put on a tough face. But if if you are listening and watching, whether it's through FaceTime to family back where the hurricane is or whether you're there where the hurricane occurred, I guarantee you that if you are aware, you're okay, that's great, but there's going to be somebody that's going to need some attention. Um, this is often going to be a child or it's often going to be a teenager. I, I can't count how many times in the trauma situation I would see family collecting together, trying to work through things, and I'd see a teen off in the corner kind of isolated. So there's always opportunity if you keep your eyes and ears open. You can find that you might not get much sleep because there's so much opportunity to help. But again, for your mental health, it's really healthy to get involved. It's really uh, important and healthy, obviously, to hydrate yourself and to take breaks. But this is a great opportunity to make bonds, to feel like you have an influence that uh, help you feel like, you know, as massive and as powerful as natural disasters are, there are certain things that they can't affect. They can't affect the extent to which you can support, be there. They can't uh, affect um, the strength of coming together. So that's a good way to kind of get back, if you will, at natural disasters. So um, if you give material support, that's another thought I had. You know, this is going to sound possibly kind of cheesy, and this might be influenced by my mom. I don't know. But the thought I had is if you give material support, this is where we start sending blankets. This is where we start sending shoes. This is where we start sending, like, hygiene kits or, you know, care packages or what have you. I think those things are all really important. They're a way to help from a distance, and they, you know, should and ought to be used. But the thought that I had is part of what you could do with sending these packages is to send it with a sense or a message of mindfulness, okay? Um, You might um, mention, you know, that uh, you're aware from a distance. You can label where that is, and you can imagine if. A good thing that you can write in there is, I can't even imagine, that's a great starter, what it must be like. I know that this certainly doesn't, this hygiene kit or whatever, certainly doesn't help Um, heal the wounds and so forth. But I've taken a moment to pause for you. Our family's taken a moment to pause for you uh, so that you're not in this world all alone. This is the greatest way we can help you, and we hope that this this goes the distance for you as much as possible. So I've noticed that in reaction to traumatic events, um, something, and this is something to think about, you know, um, we send water, right, uh, post-hurricane, post-tornado, and so forth. I noticed that with people that have recently experienced gr- grief, loss, uh, some traumatic event, something as simple as a cup of water really helps them. I've I've been uh, 
people have been so gracious to me over a cup of water. It's it's uh, surprising, but it's a way to nurture. It's a it's a way to say we're here. We're willing to you know do what we need to do, what we can do. So remotely, sometimes we feel like we're not able to help very much, but you can find ways to send uh, blankets, different things like that. But also um, send a little thought with it that hey. You know, we're on another part of the world, but we're still mindful of you. Don't know what it's like to be you, but, you know, we got prayers and thoughts going your way. And uh, in those moments where individuals are walking around with a foot or two of water in their home, they find a package, um, government uh, issued or whatever, it it gives these people a sense of, hey, there's a world out there still, despite the, the devastation. So another thing to keep in mind in that regard, in re- in terms of, recovering from a hurricane, you know, that's going to be news. Just like the school shootings, um, two or three days later, our world moves on. But I would encourage you to remember that following Hurricane Florence, already they're saying it's going to be at least a year or two before a lot of the recovery, the restructuring can take place. So it's still a good opportunity to donate. It's still a good opportunity to um, be mindful of those folks because their, their nightmare um, is not uh, limited to the two or three days of news coverage. It's going to be over the next little while. So those are some things to keep in mind. Those are some ways to get involved. Um, obviously, uh, there's limited things that you can do. But when you choose to get involved, I think that there's this cohesion, there's this love, there's this appreciation that builds. I am Fred Riley. Thank you for listening to Counseling on Demand. Look for me online at gettingbacktolife.com. That's getting back to number two, life.com. 